You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church, and this is our Monday episode, Hear and Obey, where we are talking through the passage of scripture that was preached on Sunday. My name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road, joined today by by Matt Grun and Mark Christensen. Good to be together to talk through Colossians 1, and what a joy for us, I know for each of us personally, knowing Jeff Perswell, you guys got to spend the privilege of spending a whole almost year with Jeff. It wasn't enough. Not enough time. That's, I think that's how anybody who spends time with Jeff feels. The way Greg said it when he introduced Jeff yesterday, that of all the people we know in Sovereign Grace and admire and respect, um, can't think of anybody who embodies Sovereign Grace virtues, values, mm-hmm. culture more than Jeff. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just one of the most remarkable men that I know. I saw him just, I saw him just mingling, meeting people after church and I was standing with him. Um, and just the care he shows people he just met mm-hmm. and just, he, I mean, we all, the three of us know, but Jeff Perswell might be the busiest human mm-hmm. yeah. in our, in our family of churches. I mean, he, he is pulled and he's got the next couple of years booked out on his calendar. Um, and yet it, it took us 10 years yeah. to get him to Sioux Falls. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't take 10 more to get him back, but it, it really is. And yet he has this way of when you're with him, even if you just met of just like, he is with you there. talking to you. Yeah. And, and that just has such a pastoral effect, a caring effect that that's right. uh, he embodies Jesus and he embodies the gospel. And, uh, and, and that's why he said, you know, not only does he have the, theological horsepower and the, the be, to be the giant in the faith that he is, but he's a pastor first and foremost. He really mm-hmm. cares for the church. He cares for us. And mm-hmm. the, the comments he made at the beginning of about our church and, um, or Saturday night when he said, you know, being with us and is the highlight of his year. Like you said, uh, that's not blowing smoke for him. That's, mm-hmm. that's real. That's, which he, is a huge, honor. Affected. it's a huge honor to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he preached Colossians 1. Yeah, he did. Um, which is an incredible text. And so to have somebody like Jeff unpack this mm. for us is a, a a blessing. So let me read Colossians 1, 15 through 20 and um, talk through it some, This applying it, this advent here. Paul writes, He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you especially for this text that reveals to us the backstory behind Bethlehem and behind that baby in the manger, the incarnate Christ, uh, who you, Lord Jesus, have always been throughout all eternity. We pray that uh, this word would Help us to see you more clearly and know you rightly this Advent season in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a lofty Mm. text theologically, the scope of it dealing with, like Jeff pointed out, 
all the, the just the repetition of those words, all, every, everything. <laughs> um, this touches everything. I mean, so mm-hmm. it is worldview 101, like yeah. Jeff said. Um, and a familiar text. I think, Matt, did you preach this last Advent? Possibly. Like maybe preach this. It possibly. I, I know. Yeah. I've, I know I've preached it before. I've, I've written papers on the book of Colossians. I think that's so helpful how Jeff set it up for the Advent series mm-hmm. and just connecting it to what is this high Christology, this hymn mm-hmm. that, you know, Paul just bursts out into at the very opening of his letter to the, to the church in Colossae. What does that have to do with Christmas? And I just mm-hmm. thought the way that he handled that of saying it's dangerous because how often do we trivialize right. what's taking place yep. where we, and all of this is right. We want to think of Jesus as the baby in the manger who came, you know, to dwell among us and took on our flesh and all leading towards the cross, which is all vital. But that is all in addition to who he has always been. Mm-hmm. And if we get that wrong, uh, we're going to run the danger of downplaying it mm-hmm. and set in the context of which matches with the context of of the of the purpose of the book of Colossians. The Colossians were falling prey to this, as, as Jeff said, were falling prey. Why did Paul write this letter? They were falling prey to a, a distorted Jesus, mm-hmm. a distorted Christ. Um, they had been overtaken in some, there's all sorts of different theories about what it is, but they had begun to become enticed to a type of Jesus as a way into further spiritualism. Mm-hmm. He's just a door that brings you into higher mysticism. So Jesus is great to get you started, after that, it's really now you need you need something more to achieve knowing God. Mm. Um, it's highlighted later in in the book in in Colossians chapter two, um, verse eight, the famous passage where where Paul says, "Now see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ." Um, that's really his aim is to to draw their attention. To who Christ has always been, mm. who He is, what He what He's doing, um, and it's not just this. Okay, starting it's the the portal into further deeper Nirvana, mm. but no, Jesus is the fullness. He is the image of God. He is this. Well, the whole what the whole hymn does is just soars into the heights of eternity past and eternity future, and just um, really anchors who Jesus actually is. So that in chapter two, verse six, Paul says, therefore. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So he wants to make clear Jesus is everything. (laughs) He's not just some additional, this starting point, and then now you move past him. Mm. It was really helpful for us. The means to an end. Yes. I think the way Jeff said it yesterday, that um, at the center of our faith, the Christian faith is start to finish about a person. Mm Uh, and it, it is easy, even in pursuing uh, good theology, right thinking about God, to start to get distracted from the person of Christ and just thinking about truths, doctrines, mm-hmm. some of those things mm-hmm. where the aim of all those doctrines is Christ. And so keeping that in mind, it is about a person. It's about knowing the person of Jesus Christ, so thinking rightly about him. Um, yeah, that that's helpful. Yeah, and whether you're prone to trivializing, you know, the Christmas season, um, uh, sentimentalizing mm-hmm. the advent of Christ. Um, even just talking about the incarnation, which you can ascribe to and say, yes, we're celebrating Christ's incarnation. 
this gives a lot of color and really mm-hmm. heightens um, us celebrating the incarnation for it's this Christ. Yeah. The you know, firstborn of all creation, mm-hmm. uh, the preeminent one mm-hmm. that came and humbled himself as a baby. And so yeah. you marvel at a passage here like Colossians 1, and then you look to the manger and it's like, that's the preeminent mm-hmm. son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it really intensifies, accentuates yes. the yep. incarnation to know who it was who became a man. Yeah took on full humanity. Yeah. yeah absolutely. The, the logic of the text is just, as as Jeff pointed out, it's just breathtaking. He moves from this cosmology, this massive universe spanning, you know, above all things, he is before all things. And then it moves to that second point and he is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. It really, like, I think Jeff hit, hit just made that really, where would you yeah. expect him to go next? Probably not to the church, probably to creation and to mm-hmm. the rest of his created order. But the fact that he now connects it to us really lands oh wow we are con- as it gives meaning to what we do on a sunday of our of our gathering of of the people of Emmaus Road church people of god we belong to the body of christ and we're connected to him organically it's not just some uh, distant you know ruler but he's connected to us in so much of a organic head mm-hmm. um it was just so meaningful that's what's so beautiful about this text and about and, and what we now get to experience in Christmas is this, the, the highest of heights that Jesus came from and God made low. He, he, he was, he so condescended, so really humiliated himself mm-hmm. now to take on flesh and to dwell among us. And not only to do that, but then to go and die for. So he's making peace, not just through, he doesn't just grow up and take the throne. He, he grows up and he makes peace through the blood of his cross. Yeah. That is the means by which he will now be given all authority on heaven and earth. Yeah. Incredible. So as the Lord of all creation, um, mm. that first point, the firstborn of all creation, um, starting with that cosmology in him, I, I just think those descriptions by him, all things were made um, and all things were made through him and for him. Th- those prepositions are, each one of those it, worth meditating on and, and reflecting on because each one is slightly different, you know, making a different emphasis about who he is. Uh, and the fact that all of this is true in Christ, things were made by him, so he's the agent of creation. But at that point, all things were created through him. Uh, Jeff talked about how he is the sphere in which everything exists, does something for our souls when we get that and we understand, okay, in him we live and move and have our our being. So everything that I'm afraid about, everything that you know concerns me, everything going on, everything exists inside the sphere of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's sovereign over all of that. That does have a a reassuring, soul securing effect to, to understand his preeminence in all of creation. Yeah. This morning I was meeting with my huddle and we just started asking a you know, we were briefly just reflecting on the sermon before we started checking in on one another. And we just started asking that diagnostic question in what ways with that situation that you just described, mm. how is Christ seeking to be first, mm. you know, in that, um, you know, whether it's, you know, with your finances and trying to wrestle through a decision of, you know, this person is, seems like they need help. Um, you know, do we have the means? Mm. Um, so asking that question or, whether it's 
um, discerning a new job opportunity? You know, how is Christ first mm. as you think through this decision? Um, so this text applies, yeah. you know, touches down to our real lives. Yeah, so. That's a good point. I think that is part of, part of the Colossian heresy, if you will, was this Gnosticism, this dualism of like, well, I've got my spiritual world and it doesn't actually function in my life. Um, but what you're saying is exactly right. Like the, the all encompassing scope of this text really leaves no room for that, for, for a dualistic, I have my spiritual life and then I have my physical world. Mm-hmm. I, have my, I have my spiritual life and then I have my job, I have my spiritual life and then I have my, what I spend my money on or my spiritual life and what I, how I hang out with my friends. All of it is all encompassed in this, in him, all things hold together. Mm-hmm. Um, that should reframe, I think Jeff even said this, that should reframe how we view ourselves, each other, our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really informative and, and really captivating and really, and, and then get stuff done in my life. Like this actually matters. This actually yeah. is, is coming about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when Paul gives that elaboration, verse 16 of what he means by all things, and he talks about visible, invisible, heaven and earth, thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, you know, that, that's a phrase that Paul uses elsewhere, speaking of um, demonic powers, yeah. spiritual powers. Um, so even evil powers exist inside of the sphere of Christ. Not, nothing exists beyond his control. So even evil exists for him in the end that he's glorified by overcoming and defeating evil. It, it's there for him to conquer it. Um, it, it, it does, like Jeff said, I just keep thinking of that phrase, worldview 101. <laughs> you, you get this and it changes how you see everything, um, including the things that tend to overwhelm us, discourage us, threaten our faith. Um, it, it causes us to see everything in the light of Christ and to see Christ in back of everything and in front of and above everything. And it, it just it totally reframes. And so I, I, there's a great need there practically like that. Mark, like you're talking about, to just take whatever it is we're looking at and to consider, am I seeing this in the light of Christ? Am I, mm-hmm. am I factoring Christ into this equation, thinking mm-hmm. about who he is and, and what he's doing, that all of this is under his, his dominion, his authority? Yeah. I think another encouraging thing about this text is all things were created. Um, all things were created through him and for him. So the purpose is Christ for all things. But then you get to verse 22, um, or I suppose verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things. So all these things that were created through him and for him, Christ is going to reconcile to himself, mm-hmm. um, which just gives me hope, you know, looking at a broken world and a confusing world and a um, sometimes disheartening world Christ is going to um, reconcile all these things to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cosmos type of salvation that Christ is um, working. And so uh, we can take heart because we know that the, the work is going to be completed. Yeah. And, and there's an already not yet that is present there. Of right. he, is, he already has made peace through the blood of his cross. That, that has been accomplished. It's already done. And yet we look at the world around. We look at the world around. It's like okay, it's not. There's a there's a not yet category. Um, but I think Jeff was right. The the context of the text and the the rest of it, and all of biblical theology would play out that okay. Well, then how is he going about this reconciling process? How is it being 
extended out into the world. That that accomplished work of Christ is going out through the church, mm-hmm. through the gospel being proclaimed, yes. and through hearts being made alive. And so, so any allusion to this being a um, a means by which we can forcibly overtake the world by political gains or by whatever that that's that's not what is being talked about here. What's being talked about here is that he is making all things new. There is a new creation because of the blood that was shed on the cross, and it is now getting stuff done in the world. Mm-hmm. And now the kingdom of God really is advancing through the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should give us confidence. That should give us hope. That should give us peace. Literally, the peace that we receive now because of his reconciling work on the cross. Um, and that should give us confidence to stand in the world like we are in, to boldly proclaim and herald the word, and and not to be taken captive by dis- by all the different philosophies that swirl around us, but to hold fast to the confession that we've been taught in, yeah. in Christ. That he, it really is the fact that in this letter, Paul puts this in chapter one, rather than being a conclusion that he's working towards, he, he starts here. Th- th- this just is true. This is the indicative. This, this is the nature of the thing. I'm not going to argue for it. I'm not going to give you some, you know, long syllogism. It just is. Mm. And because of that, now he'll go on to say all that he will after, but it's it, that's telling to me that no matter what I, I can't re, I'm not going to reason to this type of Christology. I just have is this true or not? I need to take it by faith. And if it is true, that affects things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was clarifying when Jeff talked about the Jewish expectation of a resurrection in the end of at the end of the world, and you see that in John 11 when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he's having a conversation right before raising Lazarus from the dead with um, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, and one of them makes the comment, "I know he will rise again in the resurrection mm. at the last day," and that's when Jesus says, "I am the resurrection and the life," which is more than just "I'm going to raise Lazarus" or "I myself am going to be raised." He's claiming, "I am." the resurrection referring to that event at the end of the world he's saying the end of the world is actually happening in the middle of history right <laughs> that that thing you think is going to happen at the end of history is happening right here in the middle of That's history right. with the coming of Jesus who is the life and so for Paul to say he's the beginning the firstborn mm. from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent he he's the beginning of the end of the world He's the beginning of the resurrection from the dead. This life is already not yet. It's breaking into the world right now. So the power of the resurrection of Christ is now active in us as our hearts are made new. We begin to experience that life in Christ now. So like you're saying, Matt, that that just it changes everything when you mm-hmm. get this reality and, and begin to live in light of that. Um, this is the most significant thing happening on the earth of all the other newsworthy events and movers and shakers and people with power and means and influence what God is doing in the world through Christ in his church in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what ultimately matters. And we have 2000 years of that happening. And we sit here now in this part of the world and these chairs and in this building and with air conditioning and well heat nowadays and uh and and we recognize that the gospel has had an effect Mm -hmm. uh it it really has you know given all the all the evil that still swirls in this world and the brokenness and the sinfulness and um we do see 
God reconciling all things to himself. That's right. um, and we look forward to the day that he can, that he continues this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has promised that he will finish it and mm-hmm. he will complete it. And there will be a great consummation, which all things will be made new. But uh, like I said, that just engenders in me like such, such hope that no matter my circumstance that comes up, I, I serve a God who is before all things. Mm-hmm. I serve a God who is, you know, he is the firstborn of the dead. Uh, and that just, that should give us all, uh, that should be a stabilizing feature in our lives. Yeah, it helps us sing great Christmas hymn like Joy to the World. Mm-hmm. You know, Joy to the World, the Lord, this Christ has come. Mm-hmm. Let all the earth receive her king. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do when we read texts like this. Yeah, Hopefully right. it ushers us into that. Yeah. Yeah, this this is it. You know, how do you have a meaningful Christmas? How do you avoid those dangers of sentimentalizing Christ or um, being distracted or thinking small thoughts or distorted thoughts about Christ? You, you, you do this. You sit under the preaching of God's word, mm-hmm. meditate and reflect on passages like Colossians 1, talk about it uh, together in your GCs. This is how we do that so that our Christology, our, our view of the person of Jesus Christ is right, and that increases for us our, our joy in Christ in this Advent season. So this is wonderful. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.